Hi there. Etc. Etc. Paul Mackey. Etc. Idget. Etc. Etc. So, I'm falling behind slightly on media watches for that 80s show, but that's not too much of an issue. The whole premise of this was that it could be any topic. I mean, that ellipses in the title isn't just for trailing off. I've done a fair bit of writing over the past years of podcasting, far more back in the early days than of late. There were various small things written as voicemails to Slice of Sci-Fi and Winging It, about Fruity Odie Joe or urinal cakes, etc. And then really big things as a feature on Jack Mangan's Deadpan. There was also something about a marmot. There was one episode of Buffy Between the Lines and one episode of Angel Between the Lines. I once called Scott Sigler and told of a dream I made up where I went into a secret posh VIP room at a White Castle. I know there were things I wrote way back in time for my friends Cynthia and Jenny Lee in Toronto, a letter to Canada asking them to take back their geese, a story of a man riding in a boxcar in the freezing cold, and a story where a guy took an illicit pill and a man in a leisure suit grew and burst forth from inside him. That one was a bit gory. Not sure if any of those still exist in any form. I did one story for Boo Jupiter's Crooked Finger Zine in Quebec about a guy quitting his job at a burger joint. And I wrote one story that was when I was poking around concepts that would eventually become really big things where there was a demonic guy at the Jamestown, North Dakota, world's largest anatomically correct bison bull who infected an old guy's mind with pulsing techno music. I could probably pull that one forth more or less from memory, but for some reason I don't feel the need to do that right now. So I thought perhaps I could share a small fragmentary something on occasion. So here's something new, and it starts something like this. Really Big Things, Book 2, A Serial by Paul Mackey. Chapter 1, Divergences. Jeremy sat sweating behind a disused gas station on the edge of Summit, Arizona. His mind was swimming both from the heat and the overwhelming experiences of the last few days. He beat his fist against the dusty ground as he recalled what had just transpired in the last hour or so. He couldn't accept what had happened. He had to go back to the giant chicken church and try to figure out what Eric had done. Figure out how to get Chris back, maybe. He'd made his way back onto the compound amongst a crowd of people. It didn't seem likely they were all investors in the harebrained chicken church Bratz's will had detailed. From the murmurs in the crowd, it seemed more of them were ready to see a train wreck. In any case, they were numerous enough now that the guard post had raised its stop arms and the throngs just passed through. There was a sort of church-slash-circus atmosphere near the giant chicken. Jeremy paused as he saw it for the second time today, and its head cocked and its beak opened. Hey there, friend. Do you require passage through the door? At the gas station, Jeremy pounded his fist into the ground and winced, bringing the knuckle to his mouth, tasting the dust and a coppery trace of his blood. It was Chris, in voice and general chipper attitude, but somehow also not Chris, an automaton, vacantly friendly. Jeremy had to retreat. He didn't even remember making his way off the compound or finding this small bit of shade where he now sat. Jack was on I-10 approaching Las Cruces, New Mexico, and eyeing the gas gauge somewhat worriedly. You gotta go back there, Eric spat from the passenger seat. 
Jack jerked the wheel in alarm, and the car in the next lane blared its horn. Jack blew out his breath and willed his heart to slow back down. So, you found me. Of course I fucking found you. I needed me on my hands and put them on that evil son of a bitch. I don't think that Jeremy's evil anymore, or if he ever was to begin with. You know, Ivo made him vomit out that blackness. He still might be the last one to see Lara alive. Maybe. But he told Ivo he doesn't remember your sister. I don't think you'll get what you need from him. I just need you to kill him for me. Maybe a nice slow beating. Turn around. Eric, look. A, I'm almost out of gas, so I need to go forward to the next gas station. And B, we're hours away from him by now. We'd probably never find him. Eh, he's a directionless idiot. He's probably still within sight of that chicken. They rode in silence. Jack signaled and drove off the interstate to a gas station. So where the hell are you going to go instead? Jack hung the nozzle back up on the pump. Back to the grotto. Ivo will know what to do next. Eric gritted his teeth, began to speak, stopped himself, and let out a breath. Fine. We'll go back to Wisconsin, and I'll have Ivo make me corporeal. Then I will find Jeremy, and he can tell me everything he knows. Jeremy was drifting on the edge of consciousness, wandering by the side of the highway. For some reason, thinking back to high school and the crazy spur-of-the-moment spring break trip to Canada. The best trip ever. The four of them always remembered it fondly, but they never really talked about it in any detail. But Jeremy could recall the cold metal on his hands as they clambered down the tall railroad trestle, high above Perry Sound, Ontario, his guts churning apparently from fear of getting caught, or of heights, or more specifically of falling to become a splat mark. He remembered looking over to Steve instead of down to Gareth and Brennan, or further down the unforgiving ground. Jeremy spat to the side, a foul taste of bile in his mouth, and he made a face. Steve, poor, doomed Steve, said he should try to nail Gareth with a big loogie. Jeremy started to reply with indignation, but the idea was suddenly so tempting in its wrongness. He snorted and... Hey! Jeremy started, focused his eyes, and saw a woman standing nearby. Come over by the house. I'll give you some water. I don't want to come out tomorrow and find another stupid dead guy on my land. As the woman went inside, Jeremy stumbled over to the shade between the house and a big rig with no trailer, then collapsed as consciousness fled. You've been listening to Really Big Things, a serial by Paul Mackey. Music is Chronodermis by Nanochrist and is used by permission. Well, there it is, in all its one-draft wonder glory, just like old times. Really big things, as referenced in Advanced Podcasting Practices for Dummies. Thanks, T. Freshly written for you to enjoy. Well, for one or two of you to enjoy, maybe. The previous book of Really Big Things is scattered through Jack Mangan's Deadpan podcast. I'd recommend starting with the short story, Quitting Time, in Deadpan episode 17, July 27th, 2006. Oof. I think I'll leave that there for now and say happy hunting. You have been listening to the One Idget's Thoughts on podcast, produced by Paul Mackey in association with Quadruplez.com. Theme music is Too Good by Jack Mangan and is used by permission from him. 
If you would like to hear other podcasts by me, you might try The Ghostlight Podcast, a completed intro cast about the TV series Slings and Arrows, or Idgetcast, an intro cast for the TV series Supernatural. Both can be found on fine podcasting listening software everywhere or at quadruplez.com. I'm just a